Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Jinx, the superfood-powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about. See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the latest episode of my weekly Keep Canada Weird series. If you're new here, in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron and I seek out and explore some of the more interesting Canadian stories from the past week. In this episode, which was recorded during Easter weekend, we've got some interesting stories for you. You're going to hear about four different women named Mary. We'll talk about one of Canada's worst pizza delivery people. We'll meet Dick Assman. And a listener is going to ask Aaron if he's the same Aaron that bonded with her amongst the backdrop of women's underwear many moons ago. So let's get to it. Aaron Airport, I want to start by wishing you a happy Easter. How are you doing, my Mm, friend? I'm doing good, yeah. It's nice to hear happy Easter from someone special. And I, I too, would like to wish you a happy Easter. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Did you get smacked with a Mr. Solid? No, no. I don't have any enemies, Jordan. That's true. Um, For people who don't have the privilege of of viewing you live, you have a wonderful mustache. Uh, I I do know that we canceled our episode last week because you you had prior engagements working in a play. Does this beautiful mustache have anything to do with your play? Yeah, I was growing my beard out. I usually always have at least a thin beard. But, you know, weeks leading up to the show, I was kind of letting my beard grow in more than usual so that if the director wanted me to have some kind of facial hair for the character, I could just shave the beard into whatever he wanted. So we kind of talked about it and decided the mustache was the way to go. So I shaved it into a mustache. Wow. So you're going to have this mustache for the next week and a half, I guess. Cool. So what is this play? What are you doing? I I know you're doing one, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. It's called cabaret. Um, it's it's a fairly you know popular musical um it's very good it's a it's a cool story and it's interesting and the music's great and yeah yeah the people have been loving the show and you know crowds have been great so far uh it's good to kind of do a regular show again since the pandemic you know i've done a few little performancey things and mm-hmm. uh some made it to stage and some got shut down by COVID numbers, but this one has at least gotten a couple of shows out of the way. So we'll see if we can finish the whole run without getting shut down. Good. Well, uh, you got some time off. I'm glad you could fit uh, Weird Canada in. Um, so we can't keep you long because you probably have an autograph session you got to get to too. For no, you know. I have a mustache uh, manicure session that I have to get to. 
Uh, let's jump right into voicemails. Um, I got two that that are interesting. Um, okay. The first one, though, this is the this is a mystery one. Now I've teased this to you that someone someone sent someone seems to know a little bit of personal information about you. Uh, they <laughs> they thought. Um, mm-hmm. I guess uh, let's just say they have a question for you that I, that could be personal. Let's see what they have to say. Okay. It involves women's underwear. Oh. I've been listening to the Keep Canada Weird series, and the more I listen to Aaron's voice, the more it becomes very familiar to me. And I'm just wondering, is this the same Aaron that worked at a lingerie store with me when we were in our early 20s? Just curious. Is it you? Yep, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you recognize that voice? It's so familiar. Um, I don't probably think they... in the in the same way that she was listening to mine. Where like I know that voice from somewhere, and then as soon as I heard, it, I'm like, I recognize this voice. I still can't instantly place like a <laughs> a name and a face to it, but it's super familiar. And obviously, it's someone that I worked with at Licenza. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and, and we got to get into that. I I think if people were like, if I said like, guess some places Aaron worked at, I think very few would say Licenza. What was your job in Licenza? For those who don't know, it's I don't know if that's Canadian, but it's a popular lingerie, women's underwear, bra type store at the mall kind of place. Yeah, yeah. What did you do yeah. there? I was the stock person, so <laughs> I um I think I was twenty three or twenty four or something, and. I was back home and looking for work and I saw an ad. I was applying for whatever, you know, whatever (laughs) came up at the time. I wasn't very particular and, you know, um, an ad for a stock person at Licenza came up uh, and I applied for it and I went to the interview and it was a group interview (laughs) and it was me and like 15 other women. And I don't know the, the manager, said that like is one of the women who was interviewing asked like sorry do you normally hire men at all for this job and then and the manager was like actually we've had a man work in the stock room before and it's all always a unique perspective on the store and the product so we find them very beneficial to have around wow so I ended up getting the job, and I don't can't remember how long I worked there for, but uh, it was a while. I remember you working there, and yeah, you, yeah. If I if my memory doesn't um, fail me, you learned a lot about the different like cuts and fits of bras and underwear. Because I remember you talking quite intelligently about women's underwear. Yeah, yeah, and it I wasn't remember... creepy. Just to be no, no, just just yeah. I just I learned everything about. I, I can't remember it all now, but um, yeah, I remember back then. Yeah, I used to be very knowledgeable about all the different styles and cuts, and you know all the different types of bras, and um, there was a lot to know, and and uh, I learned it all very quickly. It was a very small stock room, and and I was just wall to wall in bras and panties all day just unpacking them steaming them folding them <laughs> putting them out on the on the sales floor what do you and, mean steaming them well like a lot of like the lingerie and stuff and and different like of the fancier panty would be a little wrinkled from the packaging that came from the factory right so you'd have to take them out and give them a steam 
like you know you have like a clothing steamer that gets okay. rid of the wrinkles yeah yeah so i'd be steaming a lot of the day like lingerie and stuff and then i'd usually pick about 10 or 15 pieces that would go out on the floor and i'd steam them and go hang them and um yeah women would be in the store and they would see me hanging i didn't have a uniform or anything there was no like you know there and i couldn't work the floor so i never was required to have a uniform and uh i'd be out there you know in a plaid shirt and jeans hanging lingerie and uh hanging under putting underwear out and well good well good for you for trying something different and maybe stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit I felt like I was deep in my comfort zone. I, I felt very comfortable. Um, well, regardless, you left an impression with that past employee. I don't have the email they sent that in uh, to me in front of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I think if they left a name, I will message it to you. Yeah, please do, because um, that voice is super familiar. And uh, yeah, I would like to connect a name and a face to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got another voice memo, and this one is going to lead into a story a little bit. It's it's a listener responding to a story we we commented on and, and discussed, and they, and they're telling us about something similar that happened in their town. The story that they're commenting on is we talked about the um, the jack shit plates that were appearing on benches all across uh, Victoria and British Columbia. Uh, something similar is happening in their town. Listen to this. Hey, Jordan, it's James here from Winnipeg, just catching up on a couple uh, episodes, listening to last week's episodes where you were talking about the shit's placards plastered all over Victoria, B.C. It made me giggle because in Winnipeg here, we have somewhat of the uh, same idea, but not as vulgar with Where's Waldo stickers. We have Where's Waldo stickers everywhere. We have stickers. We have posters. We have billboards. They're on stop signs, buildings, under underpasses. They are everywhere. Where's Waldo stickers in Winnipeg? It's something that uh, the city has almost come to embrace. So uh, not quite as funny as the uh, the uh, shit's placards uh, in Victoria, but uh, it made me giggle thinking about all the where's Waldos here in Winnipeg. Have yourself a great day. Bye-bye, guys. Well, that's a weird one. Where's Waldo? Yeah, where's Waldo? You know yeah. what Where's Waldo is. You're a fan of that, or we're a fan of that, I guess, right? Uh, well, you know, I mean, how, who's, you know, how, how define fan? You know, I've, I've looked at some of the books. and I've. Oh, man, I consider myself a fan when I was a, a kid. A fan? Like, you, you, you know, posters and stuff on your wall, and, you know, like, that's what a fan is. Okay, yeah, it wasn't like that, but I had a hell of a lot of those books. Uh, well, this situation in Winnipeg that he's referring to with Waldo's turning up, I had to do a little bit of Googling, and it didn't take me long to kind of learn a bit more about the story. Uh, and, and this is something fascinating. It's similar to the jack shit placards where it's this kind of like guerrilla art slash vandalism sort of uh, project. My ideal experience with Waldo is me put it up and have hundreds of people uh, walk by it, see it, smile, take a picture and just keep walking. A street artist calling himself Winnipeg Waldo has taken our favorite childhood hide-and-seek character and placed them onto the walls, bridges, and alleyways for you to find. The game has gotten bigger, but the question is still the same. Where's Waldo? Like, instead of this, like, just sleepwalking through the city, going to work, walking down the sidewalk, instead, you're, like, actively 
just becoming aware of your surroundings. You see it once and you're like, hey, that's kind of funny. And then you see a second one and you instantly understand that there's more than one and that it's kind of up to you to go and find as many as you can. Waldo the artist, or W, as I'll call him for the sake of anonymity, has placed the classic red and white striped shirt wearing explorer all over the city. W says he's created an artistically driven scavenger hunt for anyone who wants to play. When a Waldo is found, people generally take a photo and tag W on Instagram to alert him and everyone else of the newest Waldo to be discovered. The Waldos were originally stickers, then painted tiles. Eventually, Waldo even got a makeover and can now be found hidden on canvases only a glance away. When a Waldo goes up, there's no telling how long it will stay up. Sometimes Waldos are removed because people don't like to see them on public property, seeing the art more as vandalism. Others take Waldos down to put them back up at home as art for their wall. As soon as I'm putting them out there, they no longer belong to me. I can't be mad if they get defaced. I can't get mad if they're taken down. They're not mine anymore. They belong to everybody. And the way that people choose to interact with them, that's all part of this idea. W doesn't see his Waldo art as vandalism, but understands why others might. W places his art as much as possible on infrastructure built primarily for function, not aesthetics, like a power box or parquet pillar. W says in doing so, it's making the city a more beautiful place. Because the lifespan of a Waldo is never known, much of W's work only exists for people on Instagram. W says it can make the scavenger hunt bittersweet when a Waldo you thought could be found is in fact gone forever, but it's also transformed W's Instagram page into a living, real-time art gallery. The ability to use it on Instagram uh, has like blown it up way bigger than I ever thought it would be. You can get comments. I get people messaging me telling me that like they go out with their kids on Sundays and just go out and look for these things. And that is like the best part of it. So keep your eyes to the skies or maybe the ground. There's a very good chance there's a Waldo near you. It's similar to the to the Jack shit plaques, but it's mm -hmm. I, I I honestly think I like this more. That's more it's 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 more family friendly and it's more appropriate for, you know, a city where People of all ages, you know, walk around and, <laughs> and enjoy it. It's just something like if it's not too uh, abrasive, if it's just a small little Waldo, like, you know, on the side of a sign or something, just peeking out at you. Yeah, it, it can't be too. You can't put it everywhere. Like they've got to be in interesting places where you can stumble across them and be like, oh, my God, I just kind of fell into Waldo. this Waldo. Yeah, and oh then my you... God, I just got mugged in front of Waldo. <laughs> but then, as you spend a bit of time in the city, if they were a little hard to to spot or they weren't too obvious, like it would be a kind of a cool thing to. Yeah, that's to why they out. should be in kind of weird and interesting places. Um, uh, so that yeah, you kind of you're not looking for them, but you maybe accidentally come across them. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and it seems like based on the, the listener who sent that message, it seems like they're well known around the city. Like he says, it's just like something that happens there. People just, you know, are used to it at this point. I'm just opening his uh, his Instagram as I'm talking here, and yeah, he's he's still active. His most he posted a day ago, this Winnipeg Waldo guy. But that, yeah, that's pretty neat. I dig yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. And, it's just you know. making like again, the title of the show is "Keep Canada Weird." It's like a little project like that that just kind of adds a little playfulness and fun mm. to a city. But it's about like it has to be something that someone does that's unique and they maintain it uh, long term. If you just one summer put a bunch of those up, that's whatever. But if this guy's been doing it since 2017, it's like it's become a part of the city at that point. Which I, I dig that.
Yeah, yeah, I dig it too. And, you know, I wonder what the Waldo creators would think of that. Hmm. Would well, they be like, oh, that's great that you're using our copywritten figure to plaster everywhere but but he's not it's not a marketing thing i think you know what no, I think we're not making did. any money off it so i think they'd be probably okay with it but yeah um, I, i'm sure like their lawyers and like the business people would be like we how dare they but then like the, the actual mm -hmm. people who like came up with waldo like the artists are probably like oh that's cool yeah i'm sure there's some people that wouldn't be happy with it but um i guess it would depend on on the situation in this situation i mean nobody's stopped him yet so if he's been doing it for five years and they haven't done anything i think that's their way of i telling think him, he's safe yeah. i think they're saying like it's okay but don't cross any lines don't well maybe there's part. something you and i could do to stop him <laughs> should, we, should we shut this guy down i think we should yeah i think we should rally the listeners and um have this guy arrested uh, set up a few have him arrested uh, completely destroy his life i think yeah it's that's reasonable him. we're coming to get you waldo. we're coming to get you yes that's right um mm -hmm. where's waldo in jail <laughs> this episode is brought to you by jinx the superfood powered dog kibble everyone's been talking about See the results for yourself and try their one-month transformation. Within the first few weeks, you'll see how Jinx can help with your dog's energy, mood, and even digestion. And it's all thanks to the high-quality ingredients they use, like organic chicken, Atlantic salmon, and grass-fed beef. Try the one-month transformation today. Find Jinx in your local Walmart. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, let's move on to another group of uh, misfits. So that was all for the the listener uh, the listener questions, but I did mm -hmm. collect a, a few stories. Uh, and the next one is another group that I think we should target. But before we talk about them, I'll give you a little rundown of, of what we're going to talk about tonight. Mm -hmm. We have um, four Marys. We have another ass man. We're going to talk about poison at Easter. And the last will be a, a serious WTF article. I had to read it twice and I still don't understand, but we'll get, to, we'll save that for later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, quite I'm, ex deep. I'm excited to talk about that one with you. Um, do you want to start with the troop of misfits? The troop of misfits, the four Marys. The f yeah. Let's start there. Cause <laughs> I got, I, I want to talk about this one. This one actually grinds my gears a bit. Does it grind your gears? Yeah, why don't you tell the story and I'll tell you why it grinds my gears. Okay, so I came across this because one of my favorite accounts, it's, a, it's on Instagram. The account is canada.gov.ca. It's um, an Instagram account that just posts like weird Canadiana type stuff. Usually it's nostalgic stuff like, you know, like mm -hmm. Canadian... Um, commercials from the 90s or something. But anyway, uh, he had shared this article out of PEI and I think it's adorable but I also think like oh my god what a slow news day 
Uh, I'll read you the article, then yeah, we can chat about it. Yeah, read the article, and then we'll, we'll chat about it. So this is a Saltwire News article. The headline is, The More the Merrier, colon, four PEI card players share the same first name. And I'm already, I'm already giggling because it's like that's the that's the lead that's the premise for this whole article. Uh, this, I know. Yeah. And the subtitle of the article is "The group meets every week for games like Skipbo, Rock, and Auction." Uh, and people <laughs> and people who are listening aren't going to get this part, but when you when you look at the article, it has. <laughs> a collection of photos but it seems like they like all the photos are the same from a different angle which is kind of mm. it's just a weird way to do it so here's the story of the four marys this takes place in pei every monday after lunch four women gather around a table in a traveler's rest home for a game of cards but a competitive streak isn't the only thing they have in common call the house looking to speak with one of them and it would be advisable to use a last name alongside the first just asking for Mary, that would be confusing. It's a name all four women share. Oh. Uh, we all answer when Mary's called, said Ramsey. It's a Mary Ramsey. It's not something any of the women planned for. Rather, Webston Houston will tell you it just happened. Despite the shared name, none of the women feel a need to establish nicknames. McGinnis is sometimes called Mary Mac, but seldom among the women themselves. Despite the shared name, none of the women feel a need to establish nicknames. McGinnis is sometimes called Mary Mac, but seldom among the women themselves. Their little group has adapted pretty well to communicating amongst themselves. When addressing another at the table, they freely call each other Mary, without much more than a glance at the Mary in question. We don't have any problem there, said Ramsey. Knowing who's been addressed, adds McGinnis, comes naturally to all of them. Their group was formed by Webster Houston more than a year ago, and it started with her, McGinnis, Ramsey, and Ramsey's husband. I think the reason was she, being Ramsey, was also cooking a great big dinner for us, said Webster Houston. And I said, why don't we meet more often and have just a snack? So we did. And shortly after the game started, Randy's husband stopped attending the gatherings and cousins joined the party in his stead. Mary's was just too hard on him, McGinnis joked. He was overwhelmed with all of us, Webster Houston added with a laugh. And I'm going to stop the article there because no, it goes on do. for some yes, length. I know. I was <laughs> shocked at how long. I was expecting like, okay, this is three paragraphs tops, like three short paragraphs. And I'm like, it's still going. And I was just talking about the food they enjoy and like fudge. And like, <laughs> this is insane, this article. Like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. It's like trying to write an article about the boxes of cereal i have on the counter right now or like and then i went outside and walked down the street and then what happened i i i, I went to the corner store and i got milk and then what nothing nothing happened <laughs> nothing happens in this article it is complete void of any actual information or anything newsworthy whatsoever the, the only Somebody's thing is trying to get fired on this article yeah. it's like i just want to get fired from my job so i wrote an article about four people who have the same name who eat fudge <laughs> yeah and play cards it's just in mary it's like the other thing it's the most common name really you it's go into the nursing most home. common name it's like mary and joseph and you know like it's just mary yeah. merry christmas like this is crazy yeah like, four peters article. go for a walk four joes go for a walk and it's... we realized all of our name was peter so now every thursday we go for a walk 
and, <laughs> yeah. and I uh, like Subway. Yeah, I think it's it's like a, it's endearing to have this cute little group of old ladies, regardless of if they have the same name. Yeah, playing I'm not going to take away, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to take away from how, you know, nice it is that they've found each other and they enjoy each other's company and they and they stay active and busy and they and they enjoy their lives. It's great. And they're all but named the, Mary. But the fact that this is one of the longest news articles that I've read in quite a while. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it just goes oh, did you read right to the end? I read right to the end because the <laughs> angrier I was getting, I'm like, I'm seeing this through. It's like when you watch a television series and there's like seven or eight seasons of a show and by season five, it's starting to get really terrible, but you're so deep into it that you're like, <laughs> I'm going right to the end. It was like with the original Dexter series, like it started off so great for the first few seasons. And then by the time he started having sex with his sister, I'm just like, this show has lost all meaning, but I will see it through because I've come this far. Mm -hmm. This article about the four Marys was my original <laughs> Dexter series of news articles. Yeah, I didn't make it to the end. I got I got to a point where I'm just like, all right, like there's nothing well, else to it. I was wondering, why did you send this to me? Like, why, why are we covering this? Why are we spending any time yeah, on this? Yeah, we got to move on. Um, <laughs> when we're done with Winnipeg Waldo, we're coming for the Marys. <clears throat> oh, we're putting the Marys in jail before the Winnipeg Waldo guy. It's like, I can't believe you didn't finish the article. I'm actually shocked by it. No, that. it's. I was kind of hoping if if anything happened, I knew you'd tell me about it, but I can tell it didn't. All right. Well, it's insane. Let's move away from this. Mary's. I feel like we should stay on this the rest of the episode. Actually, <laughs> no, we got something important to talk about. We need one of the anyone who knows one of these Marys. We should get the four we of them on the phone. Call a call in. Whoa. You know what it said? This could be an idea. I'm just going to put this out there. L the listeners will decide if we want to do this. Mm. The article started with something like, if someone calls and asks for Mary, you'd be advisable to say a last name because there's four of them. I wonder if we should find out this place they play cards and just call and, and call. ask. For, yeah. And just say, like, I'm looking for Mary. She plays cards there. Yeah. I'm looking for Mary who likes fudge. <laughs> uh Let's let's move on. Um, you just mentioned fudge. Fudge is in the same ballpark as chocolate. They're like distant cousins. Chocolate. I wouldn't say distant. I'd say they're living in the same household, drinking from the same cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, and chocolate is closely connected to Easter, which brings us back to one of the stories that I had planned, which is Easter poisoning. Uh, we're recording this right now on is it Easter Sunday? Is that what you call it? It it's... is Easter Sunday today. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people today are getting chocolates. A lot of people are getting Kinder Eggs, the fortunate ones, because I love those. But mm. sadly, I suspect a lot of people are getting salmonella poisoning. Uh, this morning, I'll, t I'll t give you some of the mm. background, but this yeah. morning I gave my children a lot of eggs and a lot of them are Kinder Eggs because I just love the taste of the chocolate and I love putting mm. together the toy in the center. Um, so we had baskets of Kinder Eggs and one of the neighborhood kids came over and they saw what my children got for Easter and they said, oh my, I thought those things were banned now. And I'm like, banned? <laughs> and they said, yeah, like people are getting poisoned so they banned them i couldn't get any for christmas it's, or for easter it's all i wanted but they're banned and i realized they misunderstood it's not a ban there's a major recall of one of the most popular chocolate eggs and it's happening right at easter do you, did you know uh, i know you don't have children so maybe you weren't as affected by this but do you know about the kinder surprise egg recall 
I did not know about it until you sent me the article and I read it. It's kind of shocking that this would happen right at Easter. Like, this sucks for Kinder. So when did the recall start? I first heard about it, like, probably a week and a half ago, but even last night. Oh, so a good time, portion of time before Easter. So right when people like right, would be out buying their chocolate. Oh, foods. yeah. It, like, it all started as the Easter rush was going on. But even last yeah. night, like before the Easter bunny came, I had to go through what I had bought and compare it with um, a list of things online that were possibly contaminated with salmonella. Let me read you just a short article that this will give us some background on what's been going mm. on. And then we'll talk about kind of the, the broader uh, issue at play here. So the headline is even more kinder chocolate recalled in Canada over salmonella fears. Now this article is a sort of like a follow-up because there's already like what has happened, like one or two products were recalled and then it got, you know, worse and worse. So this is mm. one of the later uh, additions. So even more Kinder chocolate products have been recalled in Canada over fears of salmonella contamination. Health Canada announced Monday more products are being pulled from shelves due to possible salmonella contamination. Over 20 products now are now on the recall list, including Kinder Easter mini eggs and advent calendars. Advent calendars is weird though, because that's like a Christmas thing. But anyway, the products have been sold across Canada, according to the National Health Agency. Candy maker Ferrero Canada Limited issued the first recall last week, but has, it has since expanded. There have been no reported illnesses associated with the consumption of these products in Canada, Health Canada said in the recall notice. Ferrero recalled several batches of Kinder Surprise chocolate eggs and other products from shelves in Spain, Britain, Ireland, and the United States. Belgian health authorities ordered the Italian candy maker on Friday to suspend production at its plant in Belgium after an investigation into dozens of cases of salmonella linked to the company's uh, Kinder chocolates. Health Canada warns that if you become sick after consuming a recall product, call your doctor. And if you purchase the recalled products, toss them in the trash or return them to the location where they were purchased. Some of the short-term symptoms, and then they described the short-term symptoms of salmonella which i didn't know but i maybe as a public uh, health um initiative i'll let people know that it's mm -hmm. fever headache vomiting nausea abdominal abdominal cramps and diarrhea and salmonella can also cause long-term issues for young children pregnant people elderly people and those with weakened immune systems so it it seems like it's a lot worse for kinder in other countries where there's been like it sounded like in, in Spain or Belgium or whatever, there was enough cases that they started looking for where this was coming from and traced it back to kinder. So that's a big mm. deal. But there's, according to what Health Canada said, there's been no uh, cases of salmonella poisoning in Canada. But I don't want to get that from a kinder egg. Well, who's going to, are you truly going to enjoy your kinder chocolate if you're wondering if it's laced with salmonella? Yeah, it's like the marketing or whatever optics of that really well this is really tied into last episode we did together two weeks ago about the um mr solid yeah someone being attacked with a mr solid you know in, in a robbery an easter related chocolate uh hurting somebody hmm. and then now the kinder eggs have salmonella in them could it be you know, there's this thing called corporate espionage and that's where like people spy on like companies and business dealings just mm. imagine a world where there is this seedy underbelly of like big chocolate 
And maybe people who, and, and I don't know this to be true, so this hopefully this isn't libelous or slanderous, but ima just imagine a world where someone who works for Kinder is like, I know how to get our eggs in the Easter baskets of kids all across the world. Let's pay someone. We're going to send them into a story or store. We're going to have them apply for a job, get a job. They're going to attack someone with a Mr. Solid. It'll be all over the news. People will associate myth Mr. Solid bunnies with crime and violence it happens mr solid forever now after what we talked about two weeks ago people won't be able to eat those they won't look at those without thinking of this man this employee being attacked mm -hmm. then yeah. the people who are behind mr solid now are retaliating by adding salmonella poisoning or whatever it is bacteria into kinder eggs right so any chance of that I think there's 100% chance of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the only explanation that makes any sense as to what is happening this Easter, mm -hmm. you know, with violent Easter-related crime and poisonings and horrible and chocolate poisoning. And it's think, just, you know, we can't have anything anymore. I think we stumbled into something much bigger than Keep Canada Weird. I think no, this is something very high up. And, you know, it's just, it's unsettling because there are very few things left in life that bring true joy to people. And Easter was one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, now what it's gone. Now yeah. it's officially gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's done. Hopefully it'll rise again, though. Like, I can't think of a good example without getting <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a religious man, but isn't it weird that uh, the day that he was killed, they call that Good Friday. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been like, isn't that like, shouldn't it be called like the worst Friday? It's just weird to me. I don't know. I I don't know why it's called Good yeah. Friday. I'm sure there's another reason why it's yeah. called Good Friday. Like if you're an alien and you land on earth and you meet a bunch of Christians or Catholics or whatever, and they're like, it's a great day to like, it's a big day today. It's Good Friday. And you're like, oh, like it's Good Friday. What's so special about it? And like, well like the god that we all worship was killed he was murdered mm, our lord and savior he was murdered today <laughs> yeah it's just it's strange and then anyway. now we celebrate an easter bunny who hides chocolate eggs in our houses and our children look for them <laughs> this episode is brought to you by shopify do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. So we got to move on to the next story. Easter's done. 
Yeah, it's been done for a while. <laughs> uh, this story, I don't know how, what to classify this. It's kind of crime in Canada. It's certainly weird. I'm just going to classify it as like, what is this all about? Uh, I'm going to read you the article and we're going to try to figure this out together. Uh, we're going to try to figure out what actually happened and what the motivation probably could have been. And this is a story about a cat. Headline is Hamilton family rejoice at return of Dwight the cat found after being dumped by a delivery driver. So this is a friggin' story. So an East Hamilton couple is thanking a nonprofit group for putting the word out, helping with the return of their cat, Dwight, allegedly taken by a pizza delivery driver last week and released almost 10 kilometers away from his Rosedale address. Ken Price of the Dream Team, who reunites lost and runaway pets with their families, said Dwight was recovered Monday not far from where GPS data pinpointed a drop-off point from the alleged catnapper's vehicle last Tuesday. It was a nice lady that found him and took him to a vet, Price told 900 CHML's Hamilton Today, which is a radio show. She took him into a vet, and the vet believed that she had Dwight. In taking on the search, Price said that sightings of the gray short hair were in the area of Gordon Drummond Avenue and Kennard Street, about a 12-minute drive from the family's home. We installed a cellular motion video camera, put his litter out in some of the family's clothing on a porch that he was reportedly on, said Price. We did get cat ears in the video last night. It did set the camera off. I don't know what they mean by that. Rebecca Belfort said the search for her feline Dwight started hours after a pizza delivery driver dropped off their supper around 5.45 p.m. on Tuesday. Belfort and her husband, Carlo, said they were tipped off something was wrong when sitting down to eat their pizza, noticing that a typically eager Dwight was nowhere to be seen. In their search for their beloved pet, the pair would be stunned when they observed video from their front porch security camera showing their pizza delivery driver scooping up Dwight and depositing him in the back seat of his sedan. Belfort told Global News she's indebted to Price and his team and impressed by their heart and professionalism. We literally could not have done this with all those wonderful people with their big hearts who helped us get Dwight's face out there, Belfort said. And that's how the article ends. And I have so many questions about it. Yeah, well, the main question is why would he take the cat? Yeah, and the article kind of takes the long way to explaining that. But these people order a pizza. The guy delivers the pizza. When the guy leaves, they're like, where's our cat? And they look at their video doorbell. And mm -hmm. the, the photo of this guy is in the article. He, as he's walking away from their house, their cat's like in the on the front step. And he just picks up the cat, puts it in his car and drives away. Yeah, it's really bizarre because it's not like he's driving around looking for cats. No, he's, he's like working. He's, a, he's working. He's a pizza delivery guy. So why? And he sees the cat and he's like, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. And then what about this part too? This I'm just going to read this part of the this article again. Is um, Dwight uh, Dwight allegedly taken by a by a pizza delivery driver last week was released almost ten kilometers away. Mm -hmm. So he was he was released. And here's how they know where he was released. It's a, so the, and it says this dream team, which we'll get to next, uh, 
says Dwight, the cat, was recovered Monday not far from where GPS data pinpointed a drop-off point from the alleged catnapper's vehicle last Tuesday. So how do they get GPS data of where this person was driving? Well, I was thinking maybe they talked to the company that delivered the pizza. Maybe they have a GPS. They're like, oh, we can see track the GPS went. and see where, where he went, track the vehicle. Yeah, but it says Jeep, um, not far from where GPS data pinpointed a drop-off point for the alleged vehicle. So let's say they can get GPS data of you know where the car was driving. How could they determine where he dropped off the cat? I, I, I guess it, I, that maybe they just assumed. I don't know. I don't it's, know. Now the more that I think there's about just so it, much yeah, more. Like, to how the story. would they know that stop was related to the cat being dropped off? Maybe it was the only stop he made. Oh, yeah, who knows? We could we could guess all night, but it's it's bizarre. And then there's this group that gets added to this already bizarre article that call themselves the Dream Team, who reunite lost and runaway pets with their families. Who are yeah. these superheroes? The dream team, that's the only thing we know about them. So they're just like these experts who scour the internet, I guess, for looking for interesting stories of people trying to find their cat. They somehow learn of Dwight being abducted by a pizza delivery man. And they're like, we're taking on this case. They're they're not just like kids out there looking around for a cat in Burns. They got like GPS data. They're like scientists. Yeah, yeah, they're hackers. And then they find the cat at... A shelter after a sweet old lady dropped it out so it's like they were all over the city with gps data they get this cat what's regard i'm glad they got the cat and the cat's back home but what's going to happen to this delivery driver like this guy needs to be locked up well i'm wondering i have a theory mm -hmm. it just kind of popped into my head as we are talking this out I think the only explanation that makes sense as to why he took the cat to begin with while he was working a shift delivering pizzas was he gets the call, he gets the pizza, it's going to this address, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes and delivers the pizza. Something happened at that door. Maybe they got angry at him over something you know, maybe the pizza order wasn't right and they were blaming him. Maybe they didn't tip him. Maybe he's delivered there before and he's just tired of never getting tipped. You know, maybe something like that, something happened at the door, the interaction of here's your pizza, you know, whatever, something, something happened there when he was leaving. He's like, I'm, I hate these people and I'm tired of this. I'm taking their cat and I'm going to drop it 10 kilometers away or whatever <laughs> so that they're looking for their cat. Um, that's possible. Do you, what other motive could there be? Do you want me to make this plot a little thicker? I was just, as we're talking, I was doing a bit of Googling just to see if there was any new article. Cause the one that I sent you was like, two or three days old or something. I just found mm. not a new article, but a different article by a different news outlet. And I just kind of skimmed through it to see if it had the driver's name or something. And they give a bit more background information. So what they say in this article, this is a Toronto Sun article. Um, here's how they describe it. Uh, Rebecca and Carlo Belfort told the news they had Domino's Pizza delivered to their East End home just before six. 
the pair realized their cat was gone. They looked at the security footage and, you know, that whole thing. The, the same as the other article. But they say they called Domino's Pizza, who put them in direct contact with the driver. The couple told the TV station that the driver said he no longer has the cat and claims he ditched Dwight about 10 kilometers from the Belfort's home. The Belfort's then turned to social media in hope of finding their beloved pet and, pet, and they offered a reward. And that's when the Dream Team steps in. The, the only mm, thing really okay. that this article adds is like they adds Domino's Pizza, but they actually got in touch with the with driver. The, with the delivery driver. Yeah, and, he, and here's what the Dream Team had to say is, this could have happened to any fast food delivery business and was the fault of that particular person and his choices, not at all the fault of Domino's Pizza. Uh, and then actually, in ours, in our family's opinion, Domino stepped up and took responsibility for the choices the driver made. So please don't hold Domino's responsible for the bad choices. Um, that I would love to hear the conversation where they're like, when they get on the phone with the driver and they're like, Look, buddy, we have a video of you taking our cat. Where is our cat? That was a moment. Yeah, yeah. But still, it doesn't. It doesn't shed any light on why the motive is to why he took the cat, which mm. leads me to believe there's more there there has to here be here that mm. that isn't being said. Something happened at the door. But this dude needs to lose his job. I would be looking at a lawsuit against Domino's, regardless if it's the driver's fault. Domino sent this nut to my door who took my cat. I'd be looking at getting something at least free pizza for life. Well, that's why Domino's is probably very accommodating to yeah, they're like oh, provide man. them with whatever information they needed to try and locate the cat. Yeah. Um, well, at least the cat's home, and and this this guy like yeah loses his job. Domino's needs to do something for these pizza for these people, and this guy mm -hmm. like he should be charged with something. That's I don't know what it would be if it was a kid or something. Of course, it'd be kidnapping. What is it if it's a cat? You can't take people's animals. No, no. And there's an animal cruelty law, I think, that maybe this would fall under, but I'm just not dropping sure. It. Well, was... just taking it and dropping it off 10 kilometers away seems like you're putting yeah, it in guess, harm's way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What a weird story. Um, yeah, I think there's more to it than, than, than meets the eye on this one. I'm curious about the Dream Team, though. I, I would like to get involved with something like that. I wonder if that's a group that's specific to this community or if there are like smaller dream teams all across the country who are ready to jump in and find a cat. I wonder dog. why they're called dream team though, because it's well, nobody's dream to lose an animal. Well, I think it's a lot of people's dream to do something good for the world. And what better can you do, but reunite like a family with their lost cat? Well, there's probably better yeah. things you can do, but that's a pretty yeah, great. There's thing probably more of an animal related name they could pick. If that's really what they focus on is, finding lost animals um the dream team to me is just too vague of a title yeah but what could be it would have to be something like uh um, like, like something animal related i get that but they it can't be specific to any one breed or any one kind of type of animal because they would probably find birds cats, about like dogs. furry finders or but something. what if it's a reptile <laughs> we find friends and then people may call yeah. me like i just moved here and I'm looking for some people named Mary to play cards with. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like Dream Team because I, I think it's simply they're you just like Dream Team. They're really good at what they do, and maybe it's 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 no one's dream to lose a cat, 
No, but, but then you could just be the amazing team or we're the phenomenal team or, you know, well, I don't know. It just, there's, there's people who are listening. There's people who are listening who have backgrounds in marketing. I think they should get in touch with us for how this team can name themselves. I think I might actually reach out to the dream team to see if we can learn a bit more about what they do. Well, the name needs to, you need to hear the name and you need to immediately have an idea of what it is. Yeah. Let's think. But if think, you never knew of a lost animal and then you just heard we're the dream team, yeah, I'd be like, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about like, think about this is like, just as a comparison, Ghostbusters is perfect. They, yeah, they get bust ghosts, ghosts, they we, bust yeah, ghosts. Yeah, exactly. They got the marketing and the branding down. These people, if they're going to hold the court of like the Ghostbusters of finding cats, yeah, and dogs and animals, they need a name that matches it. They need a certain suit. Like a like an outfit, mm, a uniform of some kind. Yeah, in specialty tools that aren't typical, like not the kind of crap that the SPCA uses. You know, like crap. these people, these people, <laughs> they're really... underfunded. These people yes, need yeah, like yeah. cutting edge, fancy stuff. Um, let's mm. help this team out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna see what I can learn about them. Maybe we'll talk a bit more about this next week. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come back up in in future episodes. Mm. No well, let's, let's wrap this up, buddy. We've been through some weird stuff tonight. I'm glad Dwight's home. Um, mm-hmm. Mary's, we're coming for you. No, yeah, Winnipeg, we're... Winnipeg, Waldo, we're coming for you. Mary's, we're just sick of you. Well, we're coming for both of those groups. We're coming for the four Mary's, and we're coming for the Winnipeg, Waldo. And you're all going to be behind bars. Oh, my goodness. By we the al- time we're done. You know what? We almost missed something really important. Uh, we can't end just yet. We have one story that you, you listen to podcasts. You know when you're listening to a podcast and the hosts are talking about something, and maybe you know better than them, or like they're like, "Oh, what's the name of that song that I'm thinking about?" And you're like right, screaming right. at the hills, like it's that song, but you can't directly communicate with them. Uh, before we wrap it up, I feel like we kind of gave that feeling to a lot of our listeners in the one of the more recent episodes. So I'm going to, I'm going to get us there. So a few weeks ago, we talked about Lauren Grabber and his license plate that was not allowed because it looked like it said, grab her coincidentally mm-hmm. his last name. Mm-hmm. The week after that, we did a follow up because a listener had informed us that a similar situation happened out West with a guy with the last name Osman spelt ass man. We spent our last episode talking a lot about the Assman license plate that was also uh, not cool. Well, it turns out that there is another person with the last name Osman, Assman is how it's spelled, that's even more popular. In fact, he's like a Canadian like viral celebrity. Uh, and I knew about this guy, but I didn't even know he was Canadian. Do you know the story of Dick Assman? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about it in, you know, a very long time, but I remember vaguely when it was happening. Mm-hmm. So Dick Assman is his name, but it's it's spelled Assman, pronounced Osman. He was a Canadian gas station employee who basically became a celebrity for a period of time in the mid '90s. Because if you remember, during like the night nightly talk shows like Leno and Letterman, they often did that thing where they would read like weird news clips. Like they'd find like a newspaper 
uh, ad that had a typo and instead of sitting, it said like shitting, you know, something like that or, or just like odd ads. But I guess this uh, a gas station in Saskatchewan, I believe, was uh, was changing locations in in their ad in the newspaper. Um, David Letterman had the ad up, but they were kind of listed a couple of the employees or managers. And one of their names was simply Dick Assman. Uh, David Letterman made a big joke about it, but it made this man a simple Petro-Canada employee in uh, small town Canada a huge celebrity for a short period of time. Dick Asman, the Regina gas man, didn't know what hit him. Sure never thought he'd be a celebrity, that's for you. <laughs> Dick was fast asleep when Dave Letterman discovered him in an old newspaper clipping. Here's another dumb ad for us right here. Scott Goslin and Dick Asman, formerly of Northgate Petro, have relocated to Victoria Square. Now folks, I know. I know that it's not fair to make fun of somebody's name, but good heavens. Goslin? Had you ever heard of Dave Letterman? No, not really. Really? <laughs> no. I thought everybody knew David Letterman. Well, by the time he comes on, I'm usually in bed, eh? The next we, night, we the phone rang, and Dick mind. was on no, Letterman live. Dick Ashman. Dick, come on out. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to say? Well, it's a great feeling. Great to be on your show. Are you enjoying yourself? I sure am. What are you doing this weekend? Probably go home. <laughs> probably go home. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? He'll probably go home. Dick, thanks for all your help. It's been great fun knowing you. Enjoy yourself back in Canada. Thank you for everything. Thanks very much. There you go, Dick. I'm sad to say, though, he died in 2016 at 82 no, years old. Oh, did he die? Okay. Yeah, but uh, but Dick Assman holds a special place uh in like kind of like weird Canadian celebrity. Uh, I Again, I, I knew who he was. I didn't, or I knew the story and I remember him from back in 95, the name, but I had no idea he was even Canadian. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it wasn't something that stuck in my mind for too long. I, I vaguely remember when, when that was happening and, you know, because I used to watch a lot of late night at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, and then after I... You know, when you sent me the YouTube clip where we watched a, a video and I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this. But, yeah, you know, it's, it seems like he mostly enjoyed it. Yeah, he certainly seemed to. It's And his mm-hmm. real name is Richard Osman, which is mm-hmm. fine. But Richard is often abbreviated to Dick and Osman is spelled A-S-S-M-A-N. Yeah. Why did, how did his parents not think about that? It's when, again, like, it goes back to the conversation we had a few weeks ago, you know. Yeah, like, I, I don't, I don't know how that slips past people. Dick ass man. Uh, and when you're thinking about the potential future of your child and you're like, okay, our last name is Osman. It is what it is, you know, <laughs> but let's not name our child Richard. Yeah, because, because they may call him dick ass man <laughs> it's only a matter of time before the rest of his life is just dick ass man and um, it's just you know just you know call him mary yeah <laughs> but uh they mary. Call, actually uh a lot of people i'm just reading a bit about him a lot of people called him ass man the gas man because he pumped gas <laughs> <laughs> Well, he is a, he's Dick Assman who pumps gas. Dick Assman, the gas man. 
but but he like uh like you said he it it's not that this was something that bothered him he seemed to enjoy it there's countless videos of people getting his autograph shaking his hand at the gas station and mm-hmm. he 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 seemed to bask in uh what they called uh, ass mania for a period of time mm-hmm. which is when like all the f- you know everything was happening uh, around around him then in the mid 90s but uh well, it's just a cool little moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. Dick Asman did a great yeah. job of keeping Canada weird for a while. And mm-hmm. I apologize to listeners for uh, probably driving them nuts when we were talking about the Assman play. Yeah, the fact and not that we bring never up. brought it up. Yeah. yeah. We apologize. Yeah. Well, let's end it with that. With that apology. Let's do that. Yeah. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Don't uh, take any cats. You forget about me. I want to thank you for joining Aaron and I for our Keep Canada Weird discussion. But before we part here, I have some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big thanks to Monty Data for contributing the music for this episode, and a thanks to the Internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, for supplying the intro and outro voiceovers. But the most important thanks here goes to everyone who's listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is, and it has always been, an uphill battle. So if you want to help make things a bit easier, make sure you're listening on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed keep the show alive, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for both the price of a cup of coffee, help the show out by subscribing to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest subscribers. Andrea, Chris, and Becky, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show but can't do it financially, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a question or comments via a voice memo, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com contact. I hope to hear from you soon. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Beautiful, serene, majestic, the true north, strong and weird. Her name is Elsbeth. Elsbeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elsbeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.